I've heard in my past that the piece should be able to stand on its own. And this is true. And I agree with that. But how much more interesting is work when we understand the depths of where it came from? Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Creative Process. I'm your host, Alicia Peterson Baskell. Today in our short story solo episode, I want to talk a little bit about a time when I was very much affected by having a conversation with a choreographer about his work and how much that changed the way I saw his work. It's a part of why I do this podcast. There are so many reasons why and so many stories from my history that led me to this point. This is one of those stories. But first, I have two announcements. First of all, I have a choreography class happening in San Diego for the next two Mondays. That's Monday, March 14th and Monday, March 21st from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And it is also over Zoom. So if you're in San Diego, great. Meet me at Liberty Station at the Lightbox Theater. If you're not in San Diego, let me know. DM me at Instagram at Alicia Peterson Baskell and let me know that you'd like to join this class because it's open to anyone. So I'd love to see you there. And secondly, I have created a community for us, a free community for us on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. It's called Inside the Creative Process. And I would love to have you come and join me over there where we can have conversations back and forth about both the takeaways that we're getting from these conversations on this podcast, but also things that you're thinking about in your creative processes. This way we can really form a community, which is something that keeps coming up in these interviews as a really important thing to have as artists, to have other people to bounce ideas off of so that we don't feel so alone, so that we continue to be inspired and we continue to make our work. So I'll see you over there inside the Creative Process Facebook group. Okay, so today on the podcast... We're going to talk about an experience I had with one of my very favorite choreographers of all time, Terry O'Connor. In 2004, a friend of mine recommended that I go work with Terry O'Connor or learn from him. And I found that he was offering a workshop at Bates Dance Festival, which is in Maine. It's at Bates University. It's on the other side of the country from me. So at first that felt a little scary, but I managed to get the funding through donations and my own savings. And I went and it was one of the most, again, as these kinds of large workshops and festivals can be, it was another pivotal moment for me in my career and in in the way that I viewed performance and dance. And so Terry O'Connor taught a choreography class. I almost didn't get in. I told him, you are the reason why I traveled all this way. If I can't be in this class, I don't know what to do. So he let me in. (laughs) 
So in his class, we were working on choreography. He is so smart and he is so wise. And you've heard me say this before. He's the one who says the process makes the peace. And that had such an influence over me uh, because what I was seeing a lot was formulaic work, work where somebody has, has established a formula for making work. And then they were using that formula time after time after time, which is fine. Not that interesting to me as an audience member, however, and not that interesting at all to me as a maker. I get bored with formula. I get bored with myself if it feels arbitrary. He said a lot of other amazing things, but basically I was learning. I was learning to trust him. I trusted his, the way that he thought, the way that he saw things, the way that he gave feedback to us, the way that he challenged us. And then I saw his work. The piece was called Lawn. It was a piece that was described as being a provocative union of environmental issues and the poetics of dance. So I'm, I'm expecting a lot of environmental ideas to be coming up and the earth and whatnot. And when I walk in, I still remember the, this was a long time ago. Oh, wow. This was right. This was like almost 18 years ago. And when you walk into the theater, it was covered in grass. The frame of the theater was covered in grass and there's a screen. So in this performance, he's using the screen and dance, live dance. So cinematography and live performance interacting with each other. And it was, I could say now that it was really well done, but at that time, what I felt like I was seeing was so uncomfortable. It was disjointed. It was at times ugly to me. <laughs> That's such a uh, unsophisticated word, but I think I was quite unsophisticated at this time. And when I watched it, I went, but I trust him so much. What is happening here? What is happening with this piece? I did not understand what I was seeing at all. I did not get it. I was coming from a place in San Diego where I was trying, you know, I was in my mid twenties. I was trying to make it as a dancer. I had been taught that I was not yet there and that in order to get there, I needed to learn this grace in my body. I needed to learn this way of transitioning this fluidity. And so I was teaching my body this fluidity and valuing what everyone around me was valuing as fluid, transitional, and beautiful, right? So that's what I was starting to believe was dance. Now, fast forward back to me sitting there in the theater watching this performance, and I could not understand what I was seeing because it was not beautiful. It was interesting, that's for sure, but it was, it was not comfortable. I did not understand how this could be a dance. And then the next day, because I was so fascinated by it, I was so fascinated by this dance that a friend of mine had an extra ticket and she gave it to me. With this ticket included a pre-show talk. And I went to that pre-show talk because I wanted to understand what I was missing. What was I missing? And boy, did I get that. He is so great at speaking about 
his work and why he does his work and what is inside of the ideas and these really incredible ideas that he has around dance and how it can reflect life and reflect the themes that we are, you know, implementing on these dances. So I found online, thank goodness, in the archives of the Bates Dance Festival. Thank you, Bates Dance Festival, for keeping such amazing archives. Artist Notes was the name of that lecture that happened beforehand. And Suzanne Carbonaugh is the was the person who was interacting with him and, and asking him the questions. She put together the 16 approaches to poetry and poetics, Terry O'Connor in conversation. And I wanted to share with you what was the line or was the question or was the idea that he brought up that changed the way I saw his dance and therefore changed the way I saw all performance and my own work on structure and feeling. I'm interested in making the structure of the choreography have the potency of the material and its theme. For example, I might want you at a structural level to feel like a jagged soul. So I will not deal it out to you in a calm way. Like my brain just exploded. Yes. Why would these dancers be performing with grace and transition and fluidity when he's dealing with the subject of the environment and what's happening to the environment and the trash and what we're doing to destroy our environment? Why would he dance a lovely fluid dance in front of that idea that doesn't make any sense? And it just hit me so clearly what I was missing and that I was so focused on trying to be something that I was not and trying to fit in to a certain idea of dance that I had learned and been passed down to me. And this really spoke to me, this idea that we can, as artists, share so many different levels of emotion, and we can share it in ways that aren't necessarily aesthetically pleasing, right? So I went back to the performance that night. This Q&A was at 7.15 and the performance was at eight. So I went right into the theater and I watched it and I watched it with fresh eyes. I watched it from a whole new perspective. Like I had done a 180. It makes me want to cry. Like these performers were so beautiful and they were so engaged with the material and they were so able to project that jagged feeling or that that feeling of destruction. Their movement really was embodying destruction. That's what I had been feeling the night before. And it was just so confusing to me. But now that I understood that that was so purposeful and that was so accurate, it just changed everything. And so, you know, two things here. Number one, (laughs) all this information is so interesting when it comes to making making whatever your art is and bringing in the materials or the processes that really support the emotions that you want to bring to the surface, right? But also that moment of hearing him say that 
informed me as an audience member how to be with that piece. And I think that is really interesting too. And I've heard in my past that the piece should be able to stand on its own. And this is true. And I agree with that. But how much more interesting is work when we understand the depths of where it came from? when we can interact with who it came from and the history behind what brought it into that moment so that we have you know multiple ways of relating to the work we can relate to it in present time but we can also relate to it as as information that we can take in and that helps us to honor that work even more deeply so i hope you enjoyed my journey into the for me, that beautiful past. Yeah, I love remembering that piece. And then I was able to see several more works by Terry O'Connor. And I long to see more because his work is just incredible as far as I'm concerned. And his teaching is also incredible. And I think that's where his focus may be at the moment. I also wanted to let all of you know about my friend Maiko's podcast. Maiko has created a beautiful podcast that is so concise and so sweet and so detailed. Uh, it's called Maiko's Story Photograph Podcast. She really has a way of capturing a moment in her life and bringing out all the colors of that moment and pulling us, the audience, in to that moment. And then when I'm finished listening, I feel as though I'm more present in my day, in my life, in my moments. And what better gift could we be given than that attention, you know, that ability to focus our attention and be present. So I highly recommend her podcast. I'll link that below. And I can't wait to dive in next week with Cynthia Stokes. She is an opera director and a dear friend of mine. Again, I'm so lucky to have so many amazing artist friends. And this weekend, she is at the South by Southwest Festival sharing a piece that she'll be talking about on the podcast next week. So we've sort of timed it out so that hopefully you can also experience the work over the internet, at least a, a trailer for it or a short excerpt from it. It's so exciting. I can't wait for you to hear. Until then... I hope you create, or I hope you go see work, and I hope you join me in the Facebook community, and I will see you next week. Bye.